Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 80 of the Reinventure Me podcast. Well, you got your plan for where you want to be in life, but are you building a bridge or a plank? In this Reinventure Me clinic episode, we're going to talk about that. So thanks for joining us. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hello, and welcome to episode 80 of the Reinventure Me podcast. This is the podcast for what's next in life, and I am your co host, Larry Gates, along with Armin Asadi. And we are uh, doing our special Reinventure Me clinic episode. That's right. And we're doing it with a good friend of mine, Jesse. Yeah. Um, he's definitely been uh, processing his life and a lot of things that's going on so i'm glad to have him on board with us yeah you've been working with him for a little while talking to him and being his friend and i i've just been a listener yeah I listener yeah i i've uh he's got a lot of things he's weighing out so it's hard to lead him towards a specific direction but just listening and letting giving him a safe place to process that's all i've been so far yeah well that's good and you know one of the things i like about the clinics are that we get a chance to just have a raw, unscripted conversation that's yeah. messy. People are dealing with stuff that they don't have good answers to, and we can just kind of enter into that, listen a little bit, ask some questions, and see what comes out of it. And yeah. Well, now we want to get into this conversation that we had with Jesse, because yeah. I think it tees up the topic really today. And uh, you know, we do pick the titles of these clinics after we actually have the recorded episode, because as I said, we don't know where these conversations are going to go. Yes. So we're going to let Jesse talk a little bit about who he is, but let's just uh, give a little bit of a quick preview. It might help our audience get acclimated. So Jesse's a business owner. He re- owns a, a dent repair business. Paintless. Dent Paintless dent Come repair on, business. I don't know. Important. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right? The technology <laughs> is important here. So the Paintless Dent Repair business, but he's also multiple gifts. I know a lot of our listeners listen because that's the conundrum they're in. There's so many things that they could be doing. Right, they're trying to figure out what right. is best of all the things that they could be doing, and so he's a gifted musician as well, a worship leader, and he and his wife are doubly gifted in that regard. And they have a son who he'll be talking about a little bit, and he's just uh, perplexed about where to go and how to invest a little bit in that business in terms of the direction they want to go. Let's just go right into it and let him uh, describe a little bit about what his uh, situation is. So here's the interview that we just recorded. All right, Armin, we're here with a friend of yours I think you know pretty well, and I've I've never met the guy apart from this phone conversation, so I'm kind of looking forward to this. Good. I think that's why it's exciting for me. Yeah? I mean, I've, uh, I've <laughs> sold you Uh-oh. pretty highly to Jesse, so... <laughs> oh, no, I'm just looking forward to meeting your friend here, and uh, Jesse Whitson is joining us on this episode of Reinventure Me, the Reinventure Me Clinic. So welcome to the clinic, Jesse. We're glad you could be with us. I'm glad to be here. 
So I don't know if I should ask Armin to tell me about you, or maybe I should uh, have you just tell me about you. Yeah, I prefer him <laughs> share it. I don't want to be wrong. But I thought maybe Jesse would love to hear how you talk about him in a, in a soundbite, maybe. You know. uh, so go ahead, Jesse. Tell uh, us about yourself. Well, I, uh, I'm 31 years old. I have a wife, and I have a son who is actually going to be 14 next month, which is kind of scary. Um, <laughs> So that's a, that's a whole new thing for us, uh, having a teenager. I, uh, I own my own business mm-hmm. for almost seven years now. I am in the paintless dent removal industry. Okay. Um, I've primarily focused on auto hail damage repair with that, mm-hmm. which also has required a lot of traveling. I, uh, I'm a musician. I mainly focus on keys and vocals. I can also play uh, guitar, violin. And so I was trained from classically with piano and violin since I was young and same with vocals and wow, then great. I've actually turned that into more more of my um, a ministry with that and leading worship versus doing anything classical still. So you're educated in the classical music so now you're leading the contemporary songs that repeat the same words over and over and over again until you... yeah. I, I, I try my best not to honestly. I, hey, you I, know when I when I, I got to tell you this story when I was on a worship yeah. team for a short time because uh, it wasn't long for them to discover I didn't have any skill. But <laughs> the one thing that I I really, really, really asked for is please don't play another Oh Ancient of Days. It just goes on oh. for far too long. Yes. <laughs> it's a good yes, song once, but oh. when it's in the rotation and it's like every Sunday, <laughs> shoot me now. <laughs> So, uh, Jesse, what are some of the things that are perplexing you now? What are some of the things that keep you thinking? It's kind of kind of trying to find the balance between business, family, and ministry. Yeah. And my situation might be somewhat unique in that only because for six and a half of the seven years of my business, I have done a lot of traveling around the country. Um, As I've focused with auto hail damage repair, I guess you could call me a hail chaser is what what we call ourselves, (laughs) has led me to be gone away from the family for months at a time where I'll I'll come home weekends and things like that. But I mean, there's been periods of time where I've been on the road for a year straight, just coming home weekends and maybe a week or here, here and there. And then they, maybe they'll come out and visit me. And so with my business, I've gone through this struggle for the last year and a half of whether I'm supposed to expand my business at home here in the cities or remain traveling on the road. And Armin can attest to this, that I have gone back and forth and back and forth and back and forth with it. <laughs> Only a hundred times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess some of the biggest reasons why I've gone back and forth with that is because basically the hail industry within my industry is much more lucrative than what I can produce here at home, unless it hails here, of course, because I have to do more wholesale work versus retail work. The pricing is down. The work can be harder. And so when I come home from work after being here, I'm a little bit more worn down than when I was on the road, even though I was traveling. Mm -hmm. And so that's what's made that decision very difficult for me. And so some of the questions I've had to really come up to 
is what does quality of life mean to me? Because it really, when it comes down to it, making more money isn't a quality of life, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And so with that, my wife and I both feel that it's time for us to really put ourselves into leading worship. That's another thing that the two of us do together is uh, lead worship. And it's something that's been really hard to do when I'm on the road. Aren't you doing that right now at the church you're at? Yes, to an extent. I only have so much time when I'm on the road. And during that time, if I have to be gone a long period of time, I, I can't even do the small amount at the church because I just am not there. I'm not present. So that makes it very difficult. So does it feel like a paradox to you that the easiest opportunity for you and the most uh, energy that you get is when you're on the road doing the business, but that keeps you from doing the other thing that you really love doing, which is serving on a worship team, especially with your wife, that makes that unavailable to you? Is that the tension that is existing right now for you? I think that's part of it. Yeah, I think that has that it definitely is a huge part of it. And more so than just playing on a worship team, we both feel a calling to go deeper into ministry. What would that look like? I think that in itself would actually involve some traveling as well, but kind of shifting places where instead of work is out there and leading worship is here, it would shift it where work is here and we go out and do different missions and things like that out there with our worship and connect with different ministries. That's really where our hearts are versus just being on a worship team at a church. So in you think about your lifestyle and your future in terms of what you might want to have. Do you see yourself more as a small business owner that's growing a, a company with employees under you and that that's exciting and getting a full service group of people that can do this kind of repair? Or would it be maybe applying that creativity that you uh, have, the ideas that you and your wife create, and finding outlets for that expression in multiple different ways? I mean, maybe maybe the idea of your lifestyle design ought to be more in terms of managing a portfolio of things of which the dent repair is one thing that you can be opportunistic about when the hail comes. Kind of like a you know, some of these guys that uh, do snow plowing, but they also do landscaping. I mean, they do a number of different portfolio services so that they're not dependent just on one thing that happens at any one point in time, but they've set up a, a way in which they can seasonally adjust the services depending on the needs. And that's definitely a good, uh, good thought process there because we do like to do different things and we are constantly actually bouncing ideas off, okay, what can we do for income other than doing this? Because it it is, I mean, when it really comes down to it, the paintless dent repair industry is not my, not something I guess that I would be passionate about forever, or I could see myself doing forever. I feel like as I age, I kind of long to do things that are more impactful in life and in our community and impactful to pe- other people. Okay, um, let me versus ask just Yeah, let me ask you this how, question yeah. Jesse. If if you were going to do let's take a few items that you might do, right? So let's say you might be offered a job as a worship leader. Okay? Or you might be offered 
something in a in a ministry setting, so perhaps to do some conferences with you and your wife, or you're you're on the road, you're traveling together, you're ministering together, or you had the opportunity to own a business that's that is the leading leading business in its market for dent repair, but you could only choose one of those. Which would you choose? Hmm. That's a tough question. <laughs> Which would get Which is, you excited in the morning? Hmm. I don't know why this to be is total, tough. What's that, Army? <laughs> I don't know why this is tough. <laughs> I think everybody could answer that question for you but you. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So why where's there where's the resistance? What are you processing internally when you when I asked you that question? Armin can jump right to the answer for you. <laughs> but but you he don't can, want Armin absolutely. living your life, right? <laughs> He's got enough to do with his own life. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. I okay, when you, when you ask me that question there's a few things that actually I'm processing. Is number one, worship leaders would not make near enough of what I need. <laughs> to pay my bills. Oh, I didn't okay. say that, right? I, that wasn't part of the formulation of the question. Because I assumed already that we would find an, a way for you to make enough money because money isn't the driver for you. So I already assumed okay, you don't need to be a millionaire. Okay. What I'm asking for you is, you know, you have your financial needs met in one of these three scenarios. You're at home okay. and a worship leader. You're on the road ministering in some capacity with your wife. Or you're running a business that's a leader in its market, which of those is most appealing to you? That's actually funny because I only heard two of them the first time. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I totally spaced the other one. It would definitely be traveling around worshiping with my wife. And Armin is nodding his head. He almost hit the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> it was the easiest yeah, question ever. The first time. <laughs> Every person that knows you would have jumped to that answer without even thinking about what the other two options were. Oh, I know. I know. I totally missed it. Okay, so now, Jesse, let's put that, let's put that out there. So let's say, what's a good horizon for you to be thinking about having some kind of career that is ministering with your wife on the road, some kind of traveling ministry, what would be a good time horizon that you go, that would be a good time for us to get that out there? Well, I think uh, once our son is done with schooling would be a great time for us. So four years out when he's yeah, 18? Probably. Okay. All right. So now you, so you got four years to kind of design A, what that's going to look like, and B, how you're going to get there, right? Yep. Okay. So now back that up and ask yourself that same question today of the options that you're thinking about in terms of what you invest your time. Now, the only thing you have to invest is time. You cannot get time back. So the time that you spend every day is going to inform your choices for tomorrow. So from where you're sitting right now, what would you think would be the most effective things that you might do that would get you toward that path? Well... Hmm. That's a tough question. Well, take it to your business, for instance. Yeah. You're yep. you're wrestling with respect to whether you should go on the road and travel or whether you should expand the business locally, right? Was that did I understand those options were the ones you were wrestling with? Yes. Okay. Now in light of where you want to be in four years, are those the only two options that you could do with your business right now? Or are there others? There's always others. <laughs> so is there is there a better option for you 
as it relates to how you change what you do with your business that would be more supportive of your goal that you have now set for four years from now? When I think about what would get me to my goal, I think of a couple scenarios because expanding at home would help me to be here with my son in those last four years where he is here. And I think that would be really important. While at the same time, I can build a business that possibly can run without me being here all the time that could lead to us having financial support from this business that I've built while we're out traveling on the road. Okay. If your son were already 18 and we're having this conversation about what you want to do and the time now is to do it, would you shut your business down to go do it? If finances were not a variable, yes. Okay. So let's back up. You got four years here, right? Before you need to be there. You would know what your lifestyle needs are going to be in four years. You could probably figure that out after your son graduates from high school. And the question is, do you want to be spending the next four years investing in a in a business at a critical time for your son when you probably would step away from it if you had the financial security to move into a new role, right? Correct. I get a sense just from listening to you, Jesse, that you're not all that excited about the dent repair business. Correct. And yet I hear you talking in terms of options about how you place your bet in that business, which I'm wondering why would you want to invest all of your creative energy to build something that you're willing to so quickly walk away from because you have no passion to sustain it. Hmm. That's good stuff. <laughs> so, cause I'm wondering if what you're doing is you're building a path to a, a nice path to a cul-de-sac. <laughs> you see, it's not taking you anywhere. And at least anywhere that you want to go in, in terms of how you described it. Yeah. I mean, there are plenty of people that make a lot of money and, and enjoy doing the dent repair business. There are probably plenty, yeah. plenty of people that don't make a lot of money, but they enjoy doing the dent repair business. And so that's good for them. But I don't hear yeah. that same kind of energy about it from you. It sounds utilitarian. It sounds like this is what you've been doing, and so your best option is to continue to do it and just find ways to optimize it. So it yeah. sounds to me like you're wanting to optimize a tolerable to intolerable situation. There are times when it's tolerable, like in the winter, <laughs> when you don't have to work, <laughs> and there are times when it's totally intolerable when you're on the road all the time. Yeah. So what does someone like Jesse do when they have... Um, really big bills that they got to cover each month. They're in a situation like he is where he's doing something he doesn't love, but he's really good at it and makes really good income. He has what he loves, but that thing makes no money. So what does someone do in the type of predicament that Jesse is in? How do you, how do you get out of, you know, op making it, your crutches operationally efficient basically where, how do you throw away the crutches and go after something different? Yeah. And it would be, 
a disservice for me to uh, to give you three steps to totally getting getting you through that, Jesse, in such a short segment without you know further discussing it. But I think there's a few things that come to mind for me. One is stop investing in something that you're not planning to take with you. Mm-hmm. And when you look out four years down the road, I think every decision you make about your business and where you take it, you need to ask yourself, does this help me achieve my goal? Mm-hmm. Or is it causing me to invest more time and energy that isn't going to be anything I can use? What's the leverage there? Yeah. And then I think the next thing is to start discovering the stuff that you can do and enjoy doing and find, put that creative energy that you have and your wife has to say, all right, how could we maybe earn a little extra income doing this? We both love doing it. Let's find a way to do it. Uh, there has never been a greater time in the history of society mm-hmm. to make money at home with your spouse, doing creative, silly stuff. There's all kinds of internet businesses and everything that are started every day, and it doesn't take a lot of investment to do it. And the nice thing about it is you can be fairly opportunistic, and it can be an additional stream of income. Hmm. So it's like creating little probes, just to find little things that you might do that you could say, oh, this could be another little stream of income. Maybe when it does hail in the Twin Cities, you're full court press because you get high margin, you get big yields, and when it isn't hailing, you're doing your other businesses that you enjoy doing that are bringing in a little bit of extra income, but they're adding to the portfolio of things that you do. Yeah. All the, but it's not without a strategy because all these things are moving you toward your four-year vision for what you guys want to do together. And so mm-hmm. even as you're thinking about the little things that you might put to add to your portfolio, you're asking yourself, okay, does this add or subtract from my portfolio? I like the way you're thinking. It, uh, it's definitely brought along some more processing for me. It's really good. Any, any idea that I might suggest or Armin or any of your good friends who care about you might suggest to you is always going to bring a yeah, but response inside. So I'm curious, uh, what was your yeah, but when I, when I mentioned all that, there wasn't a huge one, honestly. Uh, one of the main things that came to mind after you mentioned that, I mean, I, I really, it made me excited to think about that way to really say, okay, yes, that is really what I want to do. And for you to very much to vocalize, you don't want to invest in the dent industry because that's not your long-term goal and you don't have a passion in it. And so one of the main things that came to mind was part of my four-year goal to get to that point is to be debt-free. Mm-hmm. So I guess one of the things that one of the main thing that came to my mind in that is that the only way for me to to make our financial status what it means to be and be home would be to get accounts here because I don't have them myself because I subcontract when there's hail. And so my yeah, but was so do I continue to travel chasing hail during the hail season because I don't want to put all my time and energy into investing in a a company that I'm not going to keep. That was my, that was honestly my only, yeah, but. Yeah. That's, that's the right kind of question. That's exactly the kind of question that you want to be asking yourself. The thing that you're investing is your time. And when you invest your time in something, are you going to be able to do anything with it four years from now? Mm -hmm. Um, You might be able to 
be a little bit mercenistic in the sense that you're going to do the gold rush kind of thing. <laughs> in your case, it's it's the hail rush, you know, and yeah, you get a good uh, source of income there. You know, like we had said in our pivot in place episode that you don't want to make these changes so drastic that you totally lose your ability to provide for your family. On the other hand, though, you can start making the small incremental changes. And the key is, is that you have you have a choice every day about how you spend your time and how you invest your energies. And I had a mentor many years ago when I was first starting my business asking me some of these questions. The metaphor he used was, you know, let's build a bridge, not a plank. <laughs> you know, because a bridge gets you to where you want to go. A plank, you know, you, you walk the plank and you end up in the water yeah. and it doesn't get you <laughs> that's really good. where you want to go. I've never heard yeah. that before. Yeah. Like, so let's build a bridge, good. not a plank. And right. so I think the key for you, Jesse, would be to be thinking through all the options that you have here is to say, am I bridge building or plank building? You know, is this taking me somewhere that I want to go or am I just doing this because it seems expedient, opportunistic? And I don't have a way from getting from here to there. And at the end of the day, I'm going to sacrifice the time with my wife. I'm going to sacrifice the time with my son. And I'm not going to be investing in the future that you're really looking to build, which is something with your wife. Yeah, that's good. And all along, the neat thing about this is that you've said you've got a wife who's very supportive. I guess I inferred that from just the way you talk about how you guys engage with each other. But I'm guessing she's very supportive very creative, a lot of ideas, and you guys share that together and you have a common interest there. So this is just an exciting time for you, in my my opinion. Just, it is. Just to move ahead knowing that you've got all of these options open to you. You really have a tremendous number of options. Sometimes that's the issue. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think one of the things that happens is when you feel like you've got so many options, we revert by default to staying on the one that we're on. Mm, that's good. And then we don't do anything because we realize, oh, yeah, there are so many different ways. Okay, so let's just, this, this is what I'm doing tomorrow because it was kind of the same thing I did yesterday. It's like going to, the, going to the grocery store and you see all the cereal boxes and you go, oh, I think I'll just get the Cheerios because that's what I had for the last, you know, 20 years. Instead of maybe thinking, oh, I could try something new here. Definitely. So has this been helpful at all? Extremely. Okay, so... Let's have you give the last word on this conversation. What, what would you say would be the key takeaways from our time together? Well, I, I would say know what you're passionate about and what you're not passionate about. Don't invest your time in something that's not going to get you to your goal. And treasure your time because you can't get it back. Mm -hmm. Armin, what are your, what are your thoughts here? I know we said we give him the last word, but you haven't had a lot of words here, and he's a good friend of yours, so you've got <laughs> yeah, well, a you've I mean, got a lens on this guy that uh, <laughs> that I don't have. Well, I I think one of the biggest components to this conversation that's actually been missing the whole time, and I've been kind of waiting for it, but I didn't want to draw it out. I guess is his wife. His wife is incredibly talented, and uh, I mean she's like an undercover Navy SEAL, you know. <laughs> And, uh, Does she put up the charts too, like uh, uh, like she, Ashley? No, I don't. Uh, yeah, she's not. She's not that militant, I guess. But um, <laughs> there, there, she's got such incredible talent. Like she, on a quim, started a blog and had like a hundred thousand views. 
immediately, you know. Um, Did you say quim or whim? Whim, sorry. I said quim, <laughs> but I meant whim. I wasn't sure what that word meant. I haven't meant. slept today. Let's not, let's, let's not poke at me right now. <laughs> Hilarious. I can't believe it. All right. Anyway, so she's she wrote up a blog, got a ton of attention. She she has a ton of talent, and she spends most of the time at home just being with Jaden. And so I feel like there's there's a big piece of this conversation missing because I feel like there's this other half that can add a ton of value and help achieve the goals that they have faster. I don't know. I, I just feel like that was just the biggest piece missing from the conversation. Yeah, I got the impression that he has a very supportive wife that they want to partner together. And to me, the when I said mm-hmm. it's exciting, I think yeah. the exciting thing jesse here is that you and she get to architect what that looks like four years from now yeah and i would say that's probably your next step is to spend some time with your wife and saying all right what's our four year out vision when Jaden leaves home what do we want that to look like and let's start planning that yeah absolutely even if it's the uh i want to get out of debt in four years how does she want to be involved in that mm-hmm. um yeah and we have actually it. gone talked about that okay recently too and that was kind of our goal time period for being in a debt realistically right well is there anything else that you think it'd be good to for us to chat about jesse gosh i think uh i got some really great info on this and uh yeah this has been this has been awesome well i want to thank you for opening up and really just kind of putting yourself out there i know that the challenges that you talked about you're not alone in them there are many many people myself i've been there so many times where like the decision to just keep doing what i'm doing is so much easier to rethink where i'm going but when i realize that like you you put it i think even more eloquently than i said it which is you can't get time back you can't get mm-hmm. anything that you invest in that back you don't get a do-over in a day. You do get the grace to move forward, but you don't get yesterday back. And so just thinking through that uh, with your wife, I think is very exciting to me, how you build, yeah. that, how you build that bridge to your future. Well, I want to wish you all of the success and, and uh, just be praying for that for you, Jesse. And, and uh, it'd be great for you to come back on a future episode and let us know how that's going for you. Absolutely. That'd be great. Well, all right. Well, thanks again for, for being on the show. Yeah. Thank you. Well, Armin, thank you for introducing me to Jesse. Yeah. Great guy. Glad you got a chance to, uh, be a real coach to him. Cause that's not what I am to him. <laughs> well, I just felt like he's a guy that is just really deliberate in how he was trying to process the tensions that exist internally in that internal dialogue and you know it's not easy to come on a show especially with somebody that you don't know at all and just say hey these are the things that i'm wrestling with but that's what the clinic's all about and boy i I just love the fact that he was authentic and transparent and yet i don't think his struggle is any different than many of us face right it's really hard to think through future options when we're used to doing past things especially if we've received some good rewards for it Right. It's really hard to shift off of that when we know, oh, okay, well, there's some financial success that comes with it, but it isn't really doing anything to build to my future apart from putting money in the bank, which, I mean, that's not a bad thing. No. Putting money in the bank's not a bad thing. It's a but there's lots of ways to put money in the bank and optimize some of the other things as yeah. well. So, and I think it's good for him to hear it from you, though, you know, um, someone who's done it. Yeah, well, sometimes you need another voice, even though 
they're saying the same things that all the people who love you are saying, you know, it's just, you need the guy that's a prophet is without honor in his own country. That's right. (laughs) I know that all too well. Well, listen, if you have any comments about the show and any thoughts, maybe your own journey that you've gone through, we'd love for you to uh, give us a call on our show line at uh, 612-314-5447 or visit us at reinventure.me slash eight zero. That's where the show notes are at. And, Feel free to leave a comment there. We love those. In fact, um, I just want to give a shout out to Vicky and thank you, Vicky, for the comment that you just left on our last show. You took me to task on my use of the term corporate welfare. Remember when I said that, Armin? Yes. <laughs> yeah. did, did somebody obliterate oh, yeah. you? She, well, she didn't obliterate me. She just <laughs> she says, corporate welfare, Larry, do you realize that without corporate welfare, in quote, workers, you would not have your corporations and without corporate welfare workers, you'd not have had your your morning cup of coffee from Caribou, your groceries from Cub Foods, your gasolines from Quick Trip. I think it would behoove you to express some gratitude today and every day for that matter for all the ways the corporate welfare workers assist you in making your life run so smoothly. In gratitude for, for all employees and workers, Vicki. Wow. Thank you, Vicki. I, I, I love that. But, you know, as soon as I said the word corporate welfare, I, I realized that somebody might misunderstand what I mean by it. And and Vicky, I was not uh, denigrating at all people who work in a corporate setting. What I was uh, referring to by that was just that I have found that when I worked in a corporate job, I got my paycheck and it never changed depending on how much I did that day. And I know when I started my own business, I realized there's a direct correlation between the amount of money that I make and the kind of effort and the kinds of questions that I put myself to. So in that was the sense by which I meant corporate welfare. <laughs> wasn't intended to be denigrating but i do love the fact that uh, that vicky put a word back to me about it and i love that keep it coming we always love to get comments from our listeners right i that's right i wish we got more of them <laughs> <laughs> so let's pick on something Armin says next time <laughs> no, no, no. I, I take that back i don't love them i don't love them i'm, I'm too easy of a victim let's not go there <laughs> all right well we want to thank you again for listening to this show and of course it's all the time that we have but we do appreciate our audience and we love everything that uh, you guys have to tell us and we look forward to seeing you next week You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi.